what you're doing, do, do not take it lightly because someone is watching you. Someone is dependent on you. And because someone is watching, someone is dependent on you. You have to make sure that you, whatever you, the assignment that you, the, the, the assignment that you're on, the task that you have to do, do it to its full potential. Like, don't leave anything, don't leave any meat on the, meat on the bone. Welcome on in, welcome on in to the Leadership Podcast. The Leadership Podcast is where we will explore transformational power of personal leadership. We're going to deep dive into conversation with influential leaders, experts, and change makers who are reshaping the way we lead and inspire others. Our goal here on the Leadership Podcast is simply to influence, inspire, and empower men to make the shift in their personal leadership by becoming the best version of themselves. We will share tools, tips, and resources to ignite self-awareness and authenticity. It's all about helping men become more effective and impactful in their leadership. Get ready. The shift is about to take place. It's the Leadership Podcast with Dwayne Roberts. Today's podcast, man, I have a phenomenal guest coming to rock with us today. I got my man, Saeed King, in the building. Let me give you a little history on Saeed real quick, man. This dude is absolutely hands down phenomenal. He's a husband, a daddy, um, a teen ministry leader at his local church and educator for over 21 years. Um, he has a degree in communication and a minor in sociology. He is an extreme execution coach and facilitator and the entrepreneur and owner of Flow, that's right, consulting and coaching firm for the love of wisdom. Fellas, gentlemen, give me a warm welcome for my man, Saeed King. Welcome, Saeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How you doing, thank brother? You. I'm great. I'm great. Um, man, I it's an honor. It's an honor. So, Saeed, tell, tell, tell the people a little bit about who you are uh, and what you do. Um, well, as, as you read in, in the bio, you know, I'm, I'm a husband and I specifically said I'm a daddy. Um, traditionally, when I read people's bios and they say a father, I, I'm, I specifically on purpose said I'm a daddy because if you look at my shirt, it says daddyhood. And it's a difference between a daddy and a father. And so, um, yes, I'm a husband, I'm a daddy, and I am an advocate for youth. Um, in my profession, I'm, in, I'm just by trade, I'm a teacher. And like I've been doing it, doing it for over 20 years. And I just, that's just a passion of mine to work with youth and help youth. Um, thrive and prosper in their lives. They're the key to our future. And just a little over the pandemic, uh, during the pandemic months, I was telling my wife, I said, you know, I want I, I want to do something. I, I got this idea that I want to just empower people and get people uh, to think and ponder on positive things. And she said, well, why don't you just do it? You've been talking about it. Just, why don't you just do it? And so I did it. And I started making T-shirts. I started, uh, I went and did my research and went on YouTube University <laughs> and learned how to start my own T-shirt brand. And, and I was putting it out there and people was biting on it. Like people really was digging the messages. And then it was like, you know, it has to be more like just the t-shirt uh, that's good but it has to be more i need to add some substance behind it and i joined extreme execution and that was the birth of my coaching business 
to do coaching, consulting, and training, and speaking engagements. And so that's now that's where I'm at today. Um, Flow for Love of Wisdom um, has been born. And out of for Love of Wisdom come my coaching business and just different initiatives that I have um, taken on. And one of and the biggest one is daddyhood. It's called the daddyhood movement. So aside of me working with uh, individuals and companies on team building and leadership, I highlight leadership because it's a big one. Uh, it's a big thing I've been dealing with with leadership. And I have been doing the daddyhood movement. And so, um, yeah, that that's something I'm, I'm giddy about. I'm really passionate about. And it gives me an opportunity to give back. Wow, that's phenomenal, man. I heard I heard so much there, man. Um, the support of a loved one to push you out of your comfort zone or encourage you out of your comfort zone to take that initiative. Um, you started the the first thing you started was the T-shirt bl- uh, line, right, or business, right? Um, and phenomenal shirts, guys. Go, we're gonna drop the website, uh, Saeed's website, so you can check it out. The Daddyhood Movement. Um, I think that's powerful too. Um, moving into that place of of daddyhood. Tell me. Um, before I hit that, before I hit that, I want I want to tread lightly a little bit about um, um, the extreme execution and moving into coaching and um, um, how you empower others in coaching, you know. Um, so t- so tell me what what one what what how did you get connected in extreme execution and tell me a little bit more about your coaching. And then we're going to tap into the, the daddyhood movement. Eric Thomas was sharing. It was the guru story. And I start to incorporate it into my classroom. So one of the things in the teaching profession, you know, you're supposed to start, like, have a routine where you open up your class, rather, whether it's pre-class work, just a way to connect with your students instead of just stuffing work down their, uh, down their mouths when they, when they come in. And so that was part, that was my routine. That was my opening routine. We always start with some motivation. And I start playing Eric Thomas. And the more I played it, again, the more I connected, I identified with, with him and his message. It aligned with my lifestyle and the things that I strive to accomplish and do. So in line with my endeavors. And so as I'm listening to that, and then he had different uh, showings, different uh conferences and things like that I started to participate and attend them uh, he came here to Philly I was I attended it over the pandemic when he was had different ones online I was in attendance and so when he talked about the extreme execution program it was like I have to get in yeah absolutely to get in <laughs> yeah and so I went to my pastor and I said, look, I said, this is this program that I think that really can take our church to the next level. And I said, it's a coaching program. However, it strives on self-awareness and helping individuals understand who they are and maximizing their potential. And he was like, okay, all right, let me check it out. And he looked at, he looked at it and he was like, let's do it. Let's do it. He said, matter of fact, he said, I want you to lead the charge. If you can get two other people, he said, matter of fact, I will appoint two other people and I will sponsor you in this class, in this training. And I was like, okay, cool. And we did it. And so I've been working with my church and uh, in leadership and working with the various different ministries, helping them connect and understand one another so they can be in sync with any uh, tasks that they're trying to, any of the objectives for the ministry, they're able to be in sync and uh, accomplish what they're trying to do. And so that's how I got into extreme execution. And that 
kind of like you can see how now that, that that's helped that helped feed and birth for love of wisdom the coaching side yeah unlock your true potential with the leadership community where we empower men to embrace self-awareness and authenticity introducing the leadership community where we believe in helping men become the best version of themselves it all starts with self-awareness and we encourage men to take a step back, pause, and reflect on their thoughts, emotions, and behavior. Embrace their authenticity and break free from societal expectations. Here are just a few testimonies from individuals. Leadership helped me develop self-awareness and embrace my authentic self. And now I feel more confident and fulfilled. Question, are you ready to unlock your potential? If so, join the leadership community today and embark on a transformation of journey of self-discovery and personal growth. Leadership empowers men to become the best version of themselves through self-awareness and authenticity. You can learn more about the leadership community by visiting the webpage DwayneHRoberts.com. Oh yeah, no, that was good. That was real good. Um, I think uh, you and me both had that that same awakening with uh, with Eric. Um, for you guys who may not know, Eric, um, Extreme Execution is a uh, uh, is a Eric Thomas and Associates uh, coaching program that uh, both uh, Saeed and I are uh, affiliates of. Right? Um, yeah, we absolutely we train under or with. Um, uh, Moose and the phenomenal team, uh, Brandon, uh, Saeed. But yeah, um, I definitely connect with that because that's where I was when um, somebody introduced me to uh, E as well. And I was like, wow, I have to get in this. So when you said that, I was like, yeah, that's just how I felt. Um, I literally went to my wife and was like, hey, babe, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to make this investment. Um, I, I like that because what I hear from you is that um, you was in this place where you just knew that something had to change, right? And and you had the support of a, a, a loved one who, who supported you. Not only that, but you had a community leader who supported your vision and your dream um, and helped you move. And, and just that development in itself, from what you told me, it birthed for the love of wisdom, man. Tell me, how, how are you making impact um, and um, with the love of wisdom? I know it says that um, you, you said that you're looking to for difference makers. Talk to me more about that. Yeah, so um, I believe everyone is a leader. I believe everyone has the potential to have impact in their lane. That's the key, in their lane. And so um, For Love of Wisdom has allowed me to get in front of some charter schools, um, work with some people who are working in corporate and helping them um, see how how vital their role is because I think sometimes we can lose sight because we're in the midst we, we, we're we in the mix doing what we normally do we have our routine and sometimes we can get tired uh, sometimes we get overwhelmed sometimes we just just going through the process but and we miss and and we don't really uh, we lose sight of how important our role is and what we do. And so that opens up the opportunity for me to come in and work with these individuals and these groups and help them see like what you're doing, do, do not take it lightly because someone is watching you. Someone is dependent on you. And because someone is watching, someone is dependent on you. You have to make sure that you, whatever you, the assignment that you, the, the, the assignment that you're on, the task that you have to do, do it to its full potential. Like, don't leave anything, don't leave any meat on the, meat on the bone. <laughs> uh, you know, carry it out. Yeah. Execute it. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So uh, what, what, what motivates you to continue, though, to keep this course um, now? as far as uh, your personal development and what you're doing with uh, your company flow? Um, one, I got a model. I got to practice what I preach. Mm -hmm. 
and like I have a I have a flame in me that a fire that just won't go out mm. and that is that's divine that's nothing but that's nothing but coming from the the main source the spirit of God uh that's just a flame it just amen, amen. I just can't I mean I go to bed sometimes and I'm like I'm and I'm I got ideas just firing off on how I can make a difference in my space and my lane right um so that is like my motivation is to keep that flame burning and also help ignite other people's flame mm. some people's flame is going dim and they're crying out for help and so I want to use my light to kind of ignite theirs, get their flame going, you know, because at, at the end of the day, if people like go out, who what's going to be the ramifications? Who's going to be harmed? Our youth, our future, yeah. our community. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. So our, in our youth, they're looking for someone to ignite their fire. They're looking, or let me just say, or they, or some of them are waiting for someone to ignite their fire. And so they're going to places where they don't belong and they get in the wrong fire. <laughs> yeah, I got you on that. Wrong fire. And that fire that they're getting, it goes out pretty quick. And so they look to go back and, and get a lit again. While people like you and I, we have the right fire to give them, but we're not telling them we have it, oh, that we have. Yeah. You know, and we're not sharing it. Yeah, that's good. At least not to our fullest potential. Was, uh, what, would, what do we say to the individual who's saying, you know what, I want to ignite. How do I ignite my flame? How do I operate from a place, uh, find my space in my lane to operate from a place of purpose, man? Um, and the truth is, man, you have to get clear on who you desire to be, um, how you desire to show up in the world, man, uh, because it's in, it's important um, to uh, to to make to make the make up make your mind up to say, you know what, I do want to be the best version of me. There goes my man. He's back. Can you hear me, sir? You muted. No, you good, brother. Uh, Okay. You remember your thought? Yeah, I'll ask that question once again because you like you was on to something, man, and I think men need to hear that. You know, I think so many guys um, are like you just said, and and that, and I know you you um, you're educated and you work with teens, but to your place and point, um, if we as the men don't get the get this place, get in our space get down our lane, start operating, at least from my perspective, a place of purpose and potential, tapping into potential, man, we leave a whole generation of people behind. And we got some youth that's coming behind us saying, you know what? I'm hungry too. I want to like, I want to like, I need my flame lit in too. I'm, I'm hot. I'm excited about some things. And if I don't get on the right track, I can very well wind up down the street somewhere where I don't want to belong, like uh, behind bars. Um, in the grave, you know, um, I think uh, one of my, uh, Miles Moreau have one of my favorite sayings, and that is that the wealthiest places in the world are the graveyards because so many die, so many people die with potential and purpose and untapped potential and purpose. So, yes, my friend, I'm going to let you finish that statement. I'm going to address that question to you one more time. I think people need to hear hear that. And that is how can men who desire to ignite their fire? operate from a place of purpose, get down, identify that space and lane that they need to operate from in, in life. How can, how, how, what's your recommendation to them to, to really identify on um, what they, they've been called to do? So, yeah, I was saying, you know, like praying, right. Praying, um, doing some soul searching, um, find out, get some revelation on, on what direction they have to go in, right. That find, finding their lane. Um, and then, you know, Get out there and do the work, right? Even if you think that, um, even if you're not sure, right? They say uh, faith without works is dead, right? So it's a step of faith. You got, you, know, you just got to go out and try it. And so as you go out and try it, 
if it if it's not you, if it, if it's not where you belong, then all right, go try something else. So that's like I thought I I thought I wanted to be a carpenter, and part of that is because some older people spoke it into my life. Hey, you know you because I was getting in trouble in the streets and things like that, and they was like, you know, you should go be a carpenter. You know, make money and you can build your own house and things like that. And so I went to school for carpentry, and guess what? I didn't like it. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate the skill. I appreciate what I learned, but I realized that's not where I want to be. So I was like, nah, I'm good. I'll go to college and I'll go for, it was communication. I want to be a broadcaster, be on TV, be on radio. I enjoyed it. It was cool, but I didn't love it. And I had to reassess myself and I say, all right, well, where, where does the, where do you really get the most satisfaction? And I, and, and they send it around young people. They sent around the young people. So I, Matt, I, I went to my advisor and I said, look, I don't know if I want to go into communication, the field of communication. I think I want to go in education. And it was like, well, if you change your major, you're going to be going to school for another X amount of years. So I said, well, get me into the ballpark. So I minored in sociology. That put me in the realm of education. And I graduated with that, got my first job at an alternative school. And I got to put the, put my education to work. So it didn't, you know, it didn't go down. It my experience, let me just say my experience, it wasn't wasted because I was able to bring those things into my profession by sharing my story. Right. Because some students wanted to go into the field of carpentry or or, or trade. You understand? Some yeah. someone wanted to go into the field of communication. And so I was able to bring those experiences in while I'm learning this new, new new profession, which was education. And um and students were able to connect with that. They was able That's to connect. I, it was so in a sense, it was kind of like trial and error. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that, that's okay. Yeah. The problem is, see, I said trial and error. Mm -hmm. The problem is when we sit, we just have error. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. You don't error. make nothing happen when you're sitting around. I love that. You just got error if you're just you gotta, sitting around. We're talking about igniting the flame. How you ignite the flame? You got to yeah. rub some things together. <laughs> you need some friction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's real good. You know? And I love that. I'm, I'm glad you shared that, too, because um, some people, you know, they, they get discouraged because whatever didn't work the first time. Um, they feel like they failed, so they don't they don't uh, try anything else. You told me you said, man, listen, I tried conference too, and that wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> I, I remember my dad tried to put put my hands as a mechanic. Definitely one for you, boy. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, then you said I tried broadcasting. I tried something else I loved. You know, I, th I thought I tried something else that I thought I would like, and of course it was okay, but that wasn't it. And it's I think it's that that place of really fine tuning, doing the work, like you say, um, um, stirring up, igniting some things in your life, exciting and motivating yourself to really find what it is that you need to do. And to the place and point, you said, you know what, until, you know, I, let me get clear on what it is I truly enjoy doing. I think that's the tough question that men must ask themselves. What's, what do I, what, what do I really enjoy doing? And, and and you lead me into this next question, man. And that is, what are some common challenges that you think men may be facing on their journey to finding fulfillment for themselves? Instant gratification. Oh, that's good. Instant gratification. Because think about it. If you are, if you're making excellent money, I'm saying excellent money because it's, it's something that's deterring you from going in the direction that you should be growing in. So you're making excellent money, 
you're not going to, while you want to, I, 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 here goes a story. I walked into a classroom one day, it was in the art room, and the art teacher, she introduced me to a gentleman, and she was like, you know, he's a he's a lawyer for X and sec, X law firm, whatever, and and I was like, oh, wow. He's like, yeah, and he wants to be an art teacher. I said, well, that's two, that's two different atmosphere. I mean, hemisphere. <laughs> you know, you got art and you got law. And he was like, you know, I did law because my parents wanted me to do law. And while I'm good at law, he said, I really enjoy art. So it takes guts to be able to say, to put that, to put the money aside, that instant gratification aside and say, I'm gonna go where I believe I belong, right? And, and, and me working with young people, young people who are into the streets, I, they, they, they ask why, you know, why they don't just don't go get a job? Reason, they want to get a job, but when you are in an arena where you are, you are uh, like like a blue chip. Um, you are held at you you know you you held to in high regards. You know on the street, it's almost like you are the um, if in sports you have you know all pro all-star, superstar, you know, they're a superstar in the streets, but then you're saying, go get a job, and they become an amateur. <laughs> they become an amateur because th that's an that's a, that's a area where they don't know much about. Right? They are inexperienced. No one taught them. So it's hard for them to make that transition even though they're doing something wrong, but because they're getting that gratification uh, from the girls, so speaking from a, um, for, um, a gentleman perspective, um, they, they, the girls honor them and think highly of them, want to spend time with them, you know, their homies, you know, hold them in high regards, got much respect for them because one, they're doing the same thing, but two, they, you know, they, they have money, um, at least they believe it's money. So all these, they're getting the respect that they, I think that we all want as men. In that arena, they're getting that respect. So to be able to say, no, get out, leave that arena and come over to this arena, this side of the track. All right, it may be best for me to be on that side of the track but I'm giving up all this gratification. That's tough. Yeah, giving up instant gratitude. That's real good. All right, listen, man. Um, we 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 few minutes in, and I I want to be re respectful of your time, but I do, man. I want I want to tap into daddyhood, man. Talk to me a little more about what you um uh, what you're doing with daddyhood. Um, what's the impact that you're making there? So daddyhood, um, you, see, you see the shirt, right? So, yeah. Um, so not only am I about uh, becoming a walking conversation and advocating for daddyhood, um, but what I'm doing is I'm capturing daddyhood in action. So I was just uh, on 4th of July. Uh, me and my family was out looking at the fireworks and there was a gentleman and he was there um, playing with his kids and his kids so excited about the moment and it starts to rain and, and he's holding his kids. And I'm like, that's, that's, a, that's, that is a beautiful, that's a beautiful Kodak moment that I need to capture daddyhood. So I went up to him. I said, I said, I introduced myself told him what I was about. And I said, you know, my, I'd like to take a picture of you and your, your children. And he was like, sure. And I said, I will share the post with you. So, you know, you could know I'm not this, I'm not this crazy guy. And so that's what I'm I'm doing. Like while I'm out in the community, I'm out and about. And if I see somebody demonstrating what daddyhood looks like, I'm taking a picture of it, post it, broadcasting it on social media. So that's one part of it. The other part is I'm interviewing dads. 
of some of these people I'm capturing, I'm turning around and I'm beginning to do interviews and have them share their story about daddyhood. And see, and that's what, and this is where the bulk of the work is coming from because women tend to have in-depth conversations about them being a mom, a wife, um, a professional, just life. Where guys, when we get around each other, sports, politics, money, my job, my status. Yeah. You know. yeah, superficial stuff, yeah. Right. And that's on the surface stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but but the women are outliving us. <laughs> Come on. Right? I like that. So it's very th- the conversation that they're having is very therapeutic. My wife is a hairstylist. So sometimes, you know, in passing, you know, I'm eavesdropping or just, just me and her dialoguing about how they operate. And I'm like, it's totally different than how we operate. And well, it's going to be different. However, there there is more has more substance. There's there is more beneficial. Where ours is again, it's on the fly. It's on the surface. It's not getting deep. Where many of us are hurting. And so, um, I'm in these interviews. I'm talking with these dads about real stuff. Who motivated you to become a dad? Uh, where, like, yeah. So, what's your motivation to become a dad? Is so. How, what did daddyhood mean to you? What are the benefits of, of being a dad? I'm curious to know what was the response to what motivated you to be a dad? Because, and and I'm asking this from a posi- uh, question. You know, most men, it's not like we plan to be fathers. You know, um, we 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 get that late notice. By the way. Um, I'm late and <laughs> you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden we daddies, you know? Yeah. So where, where did that motivation come from? Like, what was the response? It's funny you said that because my <laughs> wife, she came to me, she was like, she dropped, she dropped the news on me. And you know how like on the movies, like they'll show like uh, a person's life flash right before their eyes and they see their whole <laughs> like childhood. They just see everything. And that, and that 30 seconds, of at 30 seconds they they get their, their whole they see their whole life that's how it was for me so while she's talking <laughs> to me i'm watching my whole life flash right before my eyes like wow things yeah. is about to change drastically yeah. and um but this is the thing no we don't plan to become fathers right right that news come to us unexpectedly Mm-hmm. But from there, we decide if we want to be a dad. Oh, come on. That's good. Right. And see, yeah. again, dad and father is two different things. So as growing up, I can count on one hand how many times I saw my father. Mm. There were different moments where I thought that we were going to have that breakthrough and I was going to see him often and... I was going to be like everybody else around me with a dad. That didn't happen. So as an adult, when I encountered him, and this is going to be in the book that's going that I'm in the midst of writing now, but when I encounter him, um, I let him have it. I ever <laughs> without cursing at him, I let him have it. And that was a pivotal moment of our relationship. He because he allowed me to get all that out with no interruption, that started us to um, form some type of relationship. Mm-hmm. He never became a dad, never called him dad in my life. Mm-hmm. Never did. In fact, people say, well, what did you call him? I said, I called him nothing. I just di- I directly spoke with him to him. I never used him in third person. Yeah. I just spoke to him directly. Uh, and that's because of the the relationship we had. Like it was forming, and he, he didn't transition. So that's why I'm speaking in past. It, we we were forming a relationship, but we never truly got there where I could even call him dad, wow. or my children call him grandpa. 
but we were at peace with one another. I didn't hold any grudges. He apologized to me every every time we talk. He, in some form or fashion, he will apologize. Yeah. And so um, I think that there are, when it comes to motivation, I think there are a lot of men out there who are fathers and that are not dads. They want to be a dad. Mm. They just don't know how to get over that barrier, get past that barrier. And that barrier can be various different things, right? But yeah, I would say me. one of those barriers. There you go. Talk to me. It'll be all day. One of those barriers is pride. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ego, pride. Yeah. And so, Is there a difference between ego and pride? I would say um, they are very close relatives. Yeah. And Tell one me more. To the other. Yeah, I know you. You, I didn't mean to ch- cut you off, but it, it made me think of ego. So tell me more about pride. How's that? It's it's in the way for me. So, um, pride would. It's almost like you are, um, because you don't want to check your ego, and say, "Hey, stand down, stand down." It's like it's failure to check your ego. Like stand down, ego, because I'm I'm wrong. The pride will say, "Now keep it going." Like you keep it, you are where you are. You stand. You 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 stay. You stay where you are. You know. You don't you don't have to bow down. You don't have to say I'm sorry. You don't have to give in. You know. So they kind of like work hand in hand. And I think uh, I, I watched the uh, uh, it was a documentary called The House I Live In, and it was a gentleman. He was he'd been incarcerated, and now his child was soon. He had just got sentenced, and he was like, they asked him like, "Well, why didn't you step in? Like, why didn't you tell me?" And, and he broke down and cried. And he was like, "I really wanted to. I really wanted to, but I just couldn't." You know, and he's like bawling in tears you're watching this grown man this grown man bawling in tears and i say grown man because typically men the you know men don't cry but men Men, do cry absolutely they do um and but it it is very rare that you see a man crying the way he was crying and so it spoke to me like the fathers out there they want to be dads but something is holding them back. Would you say that's a lack of emotional intelligence? You know, uh, not not just, and I don't mean, and what I mean by that is they're not taking in consideration uh, the the other person, um, or, or better yet, just don't have the self the self awareness for themselves what it looked like to be the dad. Um, let alone. Um, um, not just knowing what what a, a father figure may look like or a daddy figure may look like, but not sure how to even make the connection with the children, so to speak. Right, absolutely. Especially when you've been disconnected for so long, right? You know, the longer you're disconnected, the the, the harder it is. And so um, there has to be a leap of faith and just put yourself and, and and put yourself out there so you can get past that that initial um that initial that 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 wall that initial uh anxiety that's forcing you not to make that connection and this could be very well that space you were talking about that lane for men uh, to becoming one the the best version of themselves, that might just be the area in their life where they they um they have to get better, remove that pride, develop the self awareness and intelligence, uh, to make the connection that they need to be make so they can become the best version of themselves and yeah. um, improve their daddyhood. Man. Right, absolutely, yeah. I mean, and and I make this disclaimer on my uh when I do make have my interviews, I'm not the perfect dad. I make mistakes every day, and, but the more I'm aware of my mistakes, 
and I take take what my accountability partner has to say, my wife, <laughs> what she has to say, take that into consideration. Right. Um, That's a big piece. I can't even let you, I can't even let you just browse over there. Like you didn't say anything. That's, that's the piece right there because how many men really listen? Their wife say, well, listen, you know, you could have, you was a little harsh. We get defensive versus being open to um, uh, what your accountability partner has to say. I love that term too for yes. So you call your wife. Yeah, absolutely. And, and she, and she pointed out, she said, you know, because I have daughters and she said, yeah, you're not, you didn't grow up with, you didn't grow up with women. I mean, with sisters. She's like, but I, I am, I am one. <laughs> like, so I'm telling, when I'm telling you and what I expected from my father, this is what, this is how our daughters are looking at you. So my antenna is like, boom, they up. Like, all right, I'm listening. And sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow. Sometimes it's tough, especially when I know that I did something wrong and I could have done it better. It's a, t- it's a tough pill to swallow. And so, and it may cause me to, depending on what it is, to humble myself and go back and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. That's that's the real beauty of it. I mean, and I believe, and I can say that, I think we as men have all been there. I know I have um, and, and had to be held accountable by my accountability partner. I'm talking about my wife to say, you know, uh, I don't think you handled that right. You know, and, and, and you know, I, be, I can be as clear and transparent as this might have just happened with me just yesterday, you know, to, to the place in point. Um, baby girl wanted to go hang out with her friends and I was adamant, no, you can't go do it. You know, few hours later, I come to find out that uh, the whole reason she really wanted to, ha- they wanted to hang out was the, the friend, the, the friend would be leaving soon, you know? And I, I felt so bad because um, I, I, maybe I just didn't use enough. I, I didn't really consider what was actually going on. I just was adamant about my no, you know? Um, and it was a place where I had to go back and had that, that hard conversation with my daughter and say, you know, I, you know, um, man, I apologize. I screwed that one up, you know? Uh, and, and can you forgive me? This has been phenomenal. I, you know, I mean, I can go on for another hour or two myself personally, but I do have some fun, some fun questions. I want to be able to ask you, my friend. So I'm going to do like, uh, like me and my wife would do. Surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, surprise you. Um, well, I, I like this. I, um, let's see here. You did. You did surprise me. You throw the, you throw the curveball at me. I should have been prepared. So can you share a meaningful spiritual or faith-based experience that helps shape your perspective? Wow. So I was in college. So let me just say, I grew up in a, in a liberal family. Um, while my mom, she would have us go to Sunday school. She didn't press it and make us go, right? Because me and my brother, we we resisted. We 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 were like, we, we were hot in the covers, like, please don't ask us to go to Sunday school. Please don't ask, right? And so eventually she stopped, she stopped pushing us. So when I got to college, um, I was uh, with some friends who was on a road trip and somehow church came up or God came up and I, I was criticizing Christianity. And I said, well, I said, uh, how do you know that's true and so on? And so he said, look, man, only thing I can tell you is to pray and ask God to reveal himself to you. He said, if you decide to read the Bible, he said, pray before you read the Bible. And I tell him to this day, I said, Kenny, that's the best advice you could have gave me. Because if you'd have tried to convince me, I would have fought. I would I would not have been open-minded and to seek a relationship with God. And from then on, I started to put those things into practice. And that opened that start that opened up the door for me to have a relationship with God. I didn't get my revelation right away, but eventually 
I did. And that's why I am who I am to, to, to this day and serving in my church as a team yeah, leader. No, no, that's phenomenal. That's real good, man. Thank you for sharing that one. And my fi- my, my uh, final question here, um, fun, fun question, and that is, um, if you could have a day dedicated to entirely fun, nothing but fun, what would you do? Who would you do it with and why? So I'm a family man. So I'll do it with my family. <laughs> right? As I just, I, I just really, truly appreciate family. And um, for fun, I'm a kid at heart. Disney World. <laughs> Disney World. Yeah. I'm a kid. I love Disney hey, now World. You tickled my spirit when you said or, that. Disney, because I'm, I, yeah. Or, yeah. Disney World or anything that has to do with superheroes. Okay. Who's your favorite superhero? Batman. Okay. So, like, we went to three weeks ago. We went to Great Adventures mm-hmm. here in um in uh in we well not here in Philly but in New Jersey. Went to Great Adventures, and I don't know how the Great Adventures are in in other in other states because there's more than one. But here in in New Jersey, it's based off of DC Comics. Okay. So. The Flash, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, they all got everything is even the villains, the Joker and all that. And uh and being able to go to a, a theme park like that with this themed on superheroes, man, you got that was right down your lane, huh? Oh man, yeah. 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 And it, it's funny because in my head I'm picturing myself being actually being the superhero. <laughs> Now, yeah, now, so. You made me ask another question. If you could be any superhero, who would it be? <laughs> oh man, that's a good one. In fact, I never thought about that. Um, well, I never thought about one, but uh, if one, probably. If you all right, so it depends. If you're talking about with superpowers. If superpowers, I'd probably say, I mean, you can't go wrong with Superman. No, you right? can't. Uh, superpowers. Um, but if you're talking about a human being a vigilante, um, oh, man, Batman or, or, or Iron Man. Okay. I dig. Right? They both, they both highly intelligent. Maybe probably Batman because he's more in- investigative. He's a detective. Rich, <laughs> I love it, man. Listen, Saeed, this has been uh, phenomenal, man. I really enjoyed myself. Um, a great connecting with you. Um, I love the work that you're doing, my friend. I want to encourage you. Don't stop. Uh, uh, keep going, man. In any way that I can serve you, man, please uh, let's connect and let's grow together. Before we close this thing out, Saeed, tell the people where they can find you. Share a little bit more about uh uh, your organization, Love of Wisdom, uh, Flow, and uh, how people may be able to find you or, or follow you. Okay. So for Love of Wisdom, we're all about um, inspiring, motivating, and encouraging uh, difference makers to move in the direction of wisdom, uh, to become a, uh, uh, to maximize who they are, right? To maximize their potential. Um, we could be found on Instagram, for Love of, for love of Wisdom, on Instagram, the website is www.forlovewisdom.com, and you actually will see some uh, clips of me speaking with um, different uh, companies and organizations. Also, you will see our merch. We have merch that back up our message. So merch that backs up daddyhood. Um, we even honor moms as well. So we don't leave moms out because they are important. Um, we you uh, merged for we have a collection that's um deal with the royalty mindset. So thinking in in, in royalty. Uh, we have uh, a collection dealing with seeking wisdom. So quotes um from influential people that we have put on it. So we're all about becoming a walking conversation or um saying saying what you wear, 
right? Or you wear what you say. So uh, we all about uh, moving people in the direction of wisdom so we could learn and grow together. That's real good. All right. So my my yeah. final question, man, I'm going to have you close us out with this. What's one piece of advice uh, light or life lesson that you would share with men um, to help them move along, the, make the needed shift in their life to uh, towards success, a successful outcome? I would say um, I'm going to just go right with the uh, with what my company stand for. Seek wisdom. Seek understanding. Those are going to cost you everything. Get understanding. Just because you believe you have the knowledge, it doesn't mean anything if you don't know how to apply it. And sometimes you have to, um, not sometimes, you have to get the man, you have to get the manual so you can carry out whatever that knowledge is and apply it correctly, right? That's the key, P apply it correctly. You know, not just, just because you have the knowledge and you just go on and do it. No, but learn, let's learn how to do it correctly. And that comes with wisdom. That's real good. For the, for the love of wisdom, applied knowledge is key. I, switch, I love that. That's real good. Man, I want to say thank you for taking time, brother, out your busy day and connecting. Um, as always, guys, never miss an opportunity to grow yourself. This is the Leadership Podcast. I'm your boy, Dwayne Roberts. Go ahead, like the page, share the feed, tag a friend, and let them know that the leadership is live. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Leadership Podcast with Dwayne Roberts. We hope you found inspiration and practical wisdom that will help you in your leadership journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. We love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Remember, true leadership begins with you. Leadership is not a position. Leadership is not a title. Leadership is having positive influence on others. Keep shifting, keep growing, keep leading with purpose. You can stay connected with Dwayne Roberts on all the social media platforms or by visiting our website, DwayneHRoberts.com. We want to say thank you. Remember, you have everything you need to make the leaders shift in your life. That's because your success is in your hands. Till next time, God bless.